Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another weekly podcast coming to you guys. Uh, it's going to be a quick one. Uh, it's October 10th. It is about 12.20. I got to get work by 1. So this is going to be a quick one. I got to eat. Uh, sorry I couldn't do a lot more for this podcast. I had a lot of homework and had some extra stuff with, I've had to deal with. Then I'm just consuming my time and my free time and just haven't been able to do it. But going to get into it. Uh, it's pretty much just going to do go over some brief points. Uh, obviously, of course, get to power rankings and then maybe just keep talking some, I guess, uh, you know, big dynasty picture, you know, how, how everything's looking, scaping out. And uh, we'll get in from there. So some of the big news uh, coming out, if you watched it, even if you didn't watch, you just look at the scores. Uh, the 49ers can run the ball. I think they had like 300 yards rushing. Uh, not that they were facing the, you know, the top defense in the league, but the Browns' defense is very, very talented and a very, you know, very stout defense. And so being able to do that, uh, just employ your will. They even lost their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, and they just kept pounding the ball. And it was just very impressive. Kyle Shanahan is just uh, above and beyond one of the best run schemers maybe the NFL has ever seen. And he just gets it done week in, week out. It doesn't matter who's his running back. It could be Carlos Hyde, Matt Breida, Jeffrey Wilson, Raheem Moser. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to get the job done. So 49ers are going to be running the ball over the place. Jimmy G continues to be a very effective quarterback. Uh, and that the offense is just going to keep rolling. you got to like all your pieces there. Just Any offense that's getting in the red zone and scoring touchdowns, you want to have all the pieces you can have from that team. So uh, I think all their guys are rosterable. So that's, you know, that's, that's Pettis, that's Kittle, that's Coleman, Burita, uh Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I think you can even in some bigger leagues stash some of the other wide receivers and maybe even to keep Raheem Mostert and guys like that. But all those guys are very legitimate players to have on your team. Um, the Staying on that game, the Browns are going to be very inconsistent. I mean, they're going to be game in, game out. I guess all their players are just going to be boom bust. Like, that's just going to be the reality of the situation. Um, I don't know if it's a Baker problem. I don't know if it's a Freddie Kitchens scheming problem. Uh, but that that whole team seems to be hot and cold every single week, and it's going to be kind of a gamble to see what we can and can't get done. Uh, and that'll just be, be what some people live with when owning the Browns players. Uh, staying in division, the Steelers are probably going to struggle. They're going to have they have good players, they have good talent, but they may struggle having a their, their third string quarterback. Um, they're going to struggle for a little bit until it is announced that. Rudolph is back and everything, and even with Rudolph, they're still going to struggle a little bit. Obviously, not to the same extent, but just temper your expectations. I think James Conner and Juju are still, you know, top end talents in the league, and so they're still going to shine. It's just I think their ceiling's a little capped. But I could argue that their baseline, their you know, the worst that they can do each week might be a little increased just because of the work and you know reliance of the offense. On, on their shoulders. Uh, another weekly storyline, and just 
and this was just the epitome of it, was uh, tight ends are just such a struggle. Um, I think going in to Monday night, there was only one tight end that had over 10 points, and I think that was Jared Cook. I think Zach Ertz might have been over 10. He, he got a touchdown, so it was two guys. Jared Cook and Zach Ertz had over 10 points. Of course, George Kittle did go out, go out and have a pretty big game on Monday night. But still, three guys that are reaching 10 points. Like, it's such a struggle bust. Greg Olson put up a zero. Mm-hmm. Um, other guys throughout the league that put up zeros, just big duds. Um, Mike Evans put up a big old fucking zero. Um, it, that was just, you know, disappointing to all end. And there's a couple other guys I can't think because it's been so many days now. But uh, there was, like, three, four, five guys that were in most starting lineups that just Bad old zero, mm-hmm. and that's just you know you you can't deal with that like it's hard to um so some things to think about without your leagues is teams that are on bye weeks I know it's like uh what is it it's Bills Bears Colts Raiders are all on bye week this week so if you want to go and try and trade for some of those players maybe those teams. They're not having very good seasons. They need to win every week now. And so maybe you can trade for a guy like Darren Waller, David Montgomery, um, you know, John Brown, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Maybe you can send a big guy like maybe you're sending James Conner for Marlon Mack if that's something you wanted to do. Uh, you know, things like that. that those are targets to acquire. Um, also, why am I always yawning when I'm doing this podcast? Oh, my gosh. Uh, always the things to consider is team guys that are already done their buy. Thinking about that, maybe trading for some of those guys, you're getting an extra game when you trade for those guys. They've already passed their buy. You get an extra game out of whatever position they're, you're trading for. Maybe it's, um, you know, I guess Sam Darnold's not a good example. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. You know, maybe you're trading for Le'Veon Bell or Robbie Anderson or uh, a 49er. I think they already had their bye week. So, yeah, that'd be another prime example of, you know, trading – super low on Dante Pettis or even maybe acquiring you probably can't acquire Tevin Coleman because people have been holding on to him but if you were to acquire Matt Parita, uh you know he's already had his bye week so you know those are kind of an added advantage when you get those kind of guys uh diving in to our league so some standout performances not necessarily good but we'll do some good some bad so stand-up performances, uh, I guess I'll start bad. Uh, Craig, once again, just not doing well. Um, he totaled 66.5 points on the week, and he and this is the thing that kills me. I mean, you're going to have bad weeks, and your team isn't going to do well, but his starter, his start manager percentage is at 65.12. This, I don't know if he's had a week he still hasn't had a week where he's touched 80. Uh, this is his third perform, fourth performance under 70%. Like, it's this is what's killing him. Um, obviously, he has a more, you know, he has more, a roster that's more even that he has to figure out his start sits, but he's just consistently not figuring it out. And it's not working out for him. I mean, he is thankfully two and three for his efforts, but. I mean, he he had 66 points. He could have had 102. I mean, that's a huge swing. And so it's just not starting the right guys, and it's just it's going to be frustrating for him, and it's just been on a consistent basis so far. And so you follow his trends, and he's just not doing well. Uh, 
another guy that didn't do so well this week was Phil. Phil also had a 62. Uh, Phil had the lowest manager percentage. He had 62% this week starting. Um, didn't help that Baker gave him a minus one. Certainly did not aid his his cause. But still with that, he had 62. Starting percentage be put up, still put up 98 points. So it kind of shows you what Phil's team's capable of, what Phil's team is all about. And he doesn't have Tyreek Hill, Ty, Ty Tyreek Hill, and he doesn't have Hunter Henry. So Phil is definitely a guy that's keeping himself in the game. He is 2-3, and three, but he's keeping himself in the mix. And then when he gets two of his better players back, you might see his, uh, his team be even more dynamic. Uh, a guy that I guess he's had been boom and bust, but he's 2-3 and three on the season. And he's been putting up some crazy points is Jake Bright. Jake Bright... Uh, he put up 168 points this week with his actual roster, and he put up 210 with a perfect for the perfect lineup, putting him at around a, a, it's kind of guessing in my head like probably like 80 percent, and so that's I mean that's fantastic. Uh, being able to I mean I think let me scramble through my sheets real quick. He might be. Yeah, he's the first person to, to reach 200 points in a week lineup. He also had one of the highest ones ever in week one with 172. Yeah, he has two of the top three true total point percent or uh, two total points. He's got two of the top three. So like, I mean, that's just talking about his ability to. He's his team's exploding. You know, his team's being very competitive, very in the mix. And he's been able to do a lot. I know in actual points for him looking here, he's got 564 in points for on the actual started uh, league. He's got 564 versus 565. So he's been, like, cutting it even, which is why he's probably 2-3 and three here. And, you know, just he's keeping himself competitive. I'll, keeping himself competitive. I mean, I guess I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but our league right now is in an amazing state. Our league, every single person is 3-2 and two or 2-3. Two and three. Except, uh, you know, supreme leader champion Mark Weber is four and one, but every other team is three and two or two and three. We have more two and threes, I believe. Yeah, we have one, two, three, four. We have seven two and threes. So, I mean, goodness, that is pretty intense. <laughs> um, seven two and threes. Majority of the league has two wins and three losses. Uh, as far as, you know, obviously the, the wins and losses on divisions isn't going to be any different now because we haven't played at a division yet, but we are getting to add a division this week. This is going to be very exciting. Going cross yet your three straight cross divisional games. Uh, one thing will be cool to see, you know, what, one thing I was going to track this year is see what division outdoes the other division. That'd be kind of another extra sense of pride and kind of a fun part, uh, you know, just you know, for a part of the league to add to the you know to the whole dynamic, and uh, as we're doing this, Sean Stein just messaged messaged me and said, "I wish Baker wasn't so bad." I'm like, "Yeah, it's almost like he's with the live stream. It's like it's almost like I'm live streaming this." He just me <laughs> he just messages me that. That's funny, um, but yeah, so it's gonna be exciting. I mean, this these next three weeks are gonna be big time. I mean. You figure if a team goes zero and three here, they're going to be two and six, and by all intents and purposes, selling their season. I mean, maybe if you're maybe if you're at three and five, you're not selling your season. But 
oh my goodness, if if you win these, if you lose these three straight games, it's going to be interesting. Even the, the only person I could really genuinely afford it would be Mark because he'd still be four and three. But these next three games, cross platform, we'll call it, is going to be exciting. It's going to be see who who prevails and uh, who can get some some big cushion wins out of division when head to head isn't stressing you out too much. But now that I say that. It's actually huge, especially if you're playing a, a, a one of the turned out to be a competitive team in the other division. You know, we do the two top winners of each division, and then those that that fifth and sixth spot. If you have a head to head on one of those people, I mean, that's huge. So, I mean, winning these games is massive. Maybe you're not doing well in your head to heads in your division. Maybe you lost. <laughs> A lot of, maybe you're one of those two and three teams and you lost to three of the teams in your division. You know, winning big matchups against your opponent division can really secure a wild card spot for you mm-hmm. if you're in one of those predicaments, if you were to double down and lose to your uh, interdivisional rival. So I, I know I think I've said it like 10 times now, but these next three weeks is going to be super awesome with the cross platform games and. Uh, cross divisional games, and then plus, like I mentioned last week, like last week and this week is also going to be huge because it's kind of a turning point. You know, this is the start of the season where we can really start to buy into players' realities. Like maybe they have an up and down game. Maybe you know they've been hurt to start the season. Like we're into the you know week six. You're gonna start at week six. You're gonna know what defenses are good. You're gonna know what offenses are good. You're gonna know what players. How many targets are they really getting? I mean, that's a decent sample size, six games. So you're gonna really be able to tell. The reality of a lot of players, and you, maybe they've been always trending up or trending down, and you're, this is really where you're going to have your, your spots here the next two weeks to pick what you believe in each player's storyline. Maybe you still believe in this guy's upside. Maybe you believe in this new guy's upside, or you believe in, or you don't believe in all these people's previous realities, and you're just, you know, maybe you're trying to trade them on the on their previous upside. Maybe you're trying to buy guys that you have that you believe in their trend and where it's going. Mm-hmm. So the next two weeks is going to be very exciting for fantasy football and just the sense of what teams are buying and selling, what you know, what are your records, what you know, consistency are players showing six weeks in. So it's going to be very active on the trade market whether a lot of trades get done, just you know, sending trades out and really trying to get some feelers in to get some things done. And uh, with that said, I'll finish on some high points. I already talked about Jake Bright doing really well. Um, Mr. John and Matt almost had had a crazy finish to their game. Uh, barely, you know, not uh, Mr. John barely. You didn't beat Matt as a true total points came out. Matt would have won anyway at one fifteen to one thirteen, but the game did end ninety nine point nine seven to ninety nine point six two. So that's just devastating. You know, that's nothing of a difference. So that was a crazy close game. And then Dakota had a crazy close loss. To Sean? Yes. He had a crazy close game. Sean Sean won 130.86 to 130.61. And uh, those are the big matchups. Everybody else, you know, was decent margin of victory and had, you know, cushiony wins. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll just push on to the rankings because I need to eat something in my mouth in like 15 minutes before I get to work. So, uh, power rankings. Here we go. Uno memento. Poor f- 
All right, so getting into it, number one, not a shocker, Dakota. Um, I think, well, I guess it could be a little bit of a shocker. Mark is 4-1, and one, but Dakota keeps leading the league in points four, and it's not like his points against are that bad. And he's, he's getting some, you know, he's 3-2. and two. His, I think his team has more depth to it and has done his, uh, his bench points have been higher than Mark's bench points. And his manager percentage has been really high, and so he's been doing just a really good season. So he's staying at number one. He's been a really high performer so far. He did just take a big L. He's had, uh, I think his L's are against me and Jake Bright. Uh, or not Jake Bright, Sean. <laughs> Myself and Sean. I just said that. So he's still looking fine, though. Those are two, two pretty solid losses. But, hey, we move on. Uh, number two is Mark Weber. He's four and one. He is the, the what did I call him? The prime champion or the whatever, whatever I called him. Trying to keep it Star Wars themed, whatever the the supreme leader. That's what I called him. He's the supreme leader at four and one. And number three, uh, keeping it where I had it last week, Brendan Yetter. His team's just so solid, has so much depth, and he's been doing well. Uh, is he's had some close games. A lot of really a lot of his games have been very close, but he's been squeaking out the wins. He has a solid front. Uh, solid foundation, and he is three and two in the division that has everyone else at two and three. So it's Mark four and one, him three and two, and then a bunch of two and three teams. They really beat the, beat themselves up over there. So uh, he's taking number three. I'm keeping myself here at number four. Uh, I don't know how well my team's gonna get. I know I spoke about that last podcast. I've had a ton of injuries, and here just came out today. I don't have a tight end, so <laughs> I got Knox. And Trey Burton both on by, and then Chris Herndon comes off suspension. I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to put Chris Herndon out there, and he pulls his hammy. So now I don't have a tight end, so I'm, I don't know. I might just have to bench, I might just play another game without a tight end like I did in week one, and it's it sucks. So that's that's freaking fantastic. Um, so I don't know if my team will be able to stay there very long, but we will see how it goes. But so far, like I've mentioned to Mark, the rankings are more about what teams have done rather than what they have, or rather what, rather, excuse me, the power rankings are more what teams have and have not done instead of what they will not do in the future. So it's strictly what have you done for me or what have you not done for me. So far my team's doing pretty good. Three and two, I have some of the higher points for, and I'm looking pretty great. So I'm at four. Big splash here. After, honestly, even starting with me, but after here from like five to ten, I really don't have any strong feelings about any of them. I just kind of ranking them. This is where I kind of splash in what your team looks like and things like that. And I'm just giving a shout-out to this guy at number five. Uh, he's three and two on the season, and he's putting up a lot of points. He, he has the most points against, and he's still three and two. And he's just doing a really good job with his roster. Number five, Sean Stein. Big shout out to you, man. I think you started the season out like super low. You descended to the top ish, top middle. But I uh, just want to give him a shout out. He had a big week, beat Dakota, and we're moving on. And uh, number six, we got Matt. He's, you know, his team's been underperforming like crazy. Uh, so we'll see where Matt's team can finish up. Uh, Jake Jennings at number seven. Uh, he's been competitive, been rocking out. Uh, his team's been, you know, he's been doing solid with his with, with what he has. 
and fillet number eight. I pretty much just did that. Uh, I think I've had Phil teams higher. I've had Phil team Phil's team higher last week, but Jake beat him. So I mean, like I said, it's kind of a mosh podge right here. A bunch of two and three teams. So I just put Phil, uh, put Jake ahead of Phil because you know he beat him. And then at number nine, I got Jake Bright. He's like I mentioned, been putting up insane points, but the record's just not really showing it quite yet. Uh, you know, he's two and three, but the points for has been astounding. But the points against is, I mean, he's got the second most points against him. So it's it's definitely been tough for him. And then at number ten, I got Austin Dandy. Number eleven, I got John. And to no surprise of what I was saying earlier, at number twelve, I got Craig. So hope everybody has a great week six. Uh, keep your teams healthy, unlike mine. And uh, let's keep <laughs> let's keep having some crazy, crazy finishes to Sunday night, Monday night football. And uh, good luck to the rest of your leagues.